Hey, it's Mailbag Wednesday. What can we expect, or maybe what should we expect from Michael Kopech this season? How will success or failure from the World Baseball Classic affect White Sox players moving forward? Also in Cactus League play, the Sox beat the Oakland Athletics on Tuesday afternoon as Dylan Cease returned to the mound. And more info on how Pedro Grafol has been running his first camp in Glendale, Arizona. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Uh, just about two weeks away from opening day, uh, March 30th, uh, White Sox in Houston for that four-game series to kick things off. Uh, appreciate you continuing to pass this podcast along to other White Sox fans in your life. Uh, appreciate all the questions and comments uh, for our mailbag. You can always do that at LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Uh, uh, spring training record uh, for our Chicago White Sox, they are 8-6. Uh, Sox beat the Oakland Athletics on Tuesday afternoon. We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit. Uh, first mailbag Wednesday. Got some uh, interesting comments. Uh, and, uh, you know, always uh, it's always a changing terrain, so to speak. Uh, you know, how players have been staying healthy and what the, we've been seeing in spring training and a little bit of World Baseball Classic stuff mixed in there. Uh, I'm feeling like fans are starting to shift a little bit uh, with how they were feeling in maybe December and January. Uh, but first things first, uh, Michael Kopech. And a lot of people have, have asked about this and talked about Michael Kopech. And uh, I saw uh, someone in the YouTube comments uh, specifically just ask, you know, what can we expect from Michael Kopech? Uh, who, who knows? I think he's wondering himself, you know, what he's got in the tank. You know, finally, uh, it looks like we're going to get a healthy Michael Kopech uh, starting his second year in the starting rotation. At, at least I hope that knee is ready to go. It sure looked good uh, when he had that first outing, uh, that perfect outing against the Los Angeles Angels this past Sunday. Uh, looked really good, looked strong in that outing. First two innings, took only 23 pitches uh, for Kopech. Uh, in that debut, finished his workload in the bullpen, which uh, is pretty common with pitchers. Uh, and if you have a chance to get out there and watch their bullpen sessions uh, after they are done, 
uh, with their one, two, sometimes three innings. Uh, I really enjoy it. You get a you get a very up close and personal view out there in right field uh, at Camelback Ranch. Uh, right-hander is scheduled to start the team's home opener against the Giants on April 3rd, and he thought about uh, getting up for a third time on Sunday. Uh, that was beneficial to the process after building up two up-and-downs in live uh, BPs. Uh, this is what Kopech said about that Sunday outing. Uh, not that I was completely gassed, but I could tell you I was a little tired, uh, started pulling off some stuff, started losing my body a little bit, had to find adjustments. Uh, it was good to go back out and have to work on that stuff and grind through that a little bit. A grind might be a little bit of a stretch, but kind of get back to myself. I started pulling off some stuff, and then I found it again. Uh, the slider felt really good, sharp out of my hand, and had the break I wanted it uh, to. Kopech said, I'm happy with where I'm at uh, with secondary stuff, too. Again, it was a it was a solid performance against maybe a B or C club uh, with the Los Angeles Angels, but still, uh, there had to have been a lot of uh, you know aggression and uh, just excitement and you know a lot of nerves uh, coming for Kopech in this first start of spring, and I thought he he handled it really well. I think he is the absolute X factor uh, in this starting rotation. He has talked about. Uh, in certain articles over the offseason, uh, wanting to become a pitcher, not a thrower. You know, he's he's not going to be someone that's going to fall out of the out of bed throwing 100 miles per hour, as he has said, uh, and getting more to the craft of pitching, uh, being more efficient uh, with his pitches. Uh, he, I think, has got a goal of 30-plus starts and, and 200 innings. Boy, uh, that would be a game-changer for the White Sox if we could get something like that uh, from Kopech. It would take a ton of pressure uh, off of Lance Lynn and Dylan Cease. I expect big things uh, from Michael Kopech. I don't know about the 200 innings, but if we could see north of 150, somewhere around the maybe 175, 180, uh, and definitely uh, 30 plus starts, I think that would be a huge win uh, for uh, the White Sox and uh, for that starting staff. And of course, the bullpen. You know, how, how starting pitchers do and how they perform also has that trickle-down effect uh, to our bullpen. And I think early on in the season, uh, when we're not going to have Garrett Crochet uh, for the first couple months, and of course, uh, you know, Liam Hendricks battling something bigger than baseball right now, we don't know what that bullpen's going to look like. And I think it would be nice if our starters could go a little longer in games. It's normally not you know, what you want perhaps in April and May, colder weather early in the season. But if these guys can do it and they're pitching efficiently, uh, then that, that would be a big plus for our bullpen. From Tyler, thank you so much, uh, Tyler, for the comment. Uh, this is what Tyler had to say. So far, the performances of White Sox players in the uh, World Baseball Classic Plus, how Giolito and Kopech are looking healthier, makes me feel a lot better about the season. And just to build on the previous mailbag from last week, you know, as spring training evolves, I'm hearing from more and more people uh, that they are pleasantly surprised at how things are going and, and uh, surprised at how their attitudes has, have changed as fans. Uh, for me, look, it, it's still just spring, and, and I, I know the past, as I'm sure you do, all too well. Uh, but if I keep getting weighed down 
you know, by the threat of injuries and players, you know, having disappointing performances, especially early on in the season, then I don't have the capability, you know, to embrace possible change, which is what I want. Uh, like, you know, I like what I've been seeing. I like what, you know, has been happening uh, out in Glendale. Uh, I like what the players are saying, how they're responding to Griffol's, uh camp. And uh, it's it just the overall atmosphere of spring training uh, so far, uh, so good. Um, again, so great to have Herb Lawrence on the previous episode. Uh, that was a real treat for me. Uh, bringing back an original Lockdown White Sox host. And, and it's tough to get into meaty discussions uh, with time constraints in an episode. But I wanted to respond, you know, and elaborate on something that Herb said uh, about wondering where White Sox players' mentality is necessarily at. Like, it seems like they're starting to buy into what Pedro Grafal and the coaching staff laid out in the offseason. That was a big question mark of mine. Like, will some of these players really buy into a whole new way of doing things. And it, it seems like they want that uh, and, and have contributed and have communicated what they have wanted in Grafol's listening. Now, what about, you know, that, that chip on their shoulder, that, that, that mentality after the socks fell flat uh, last season. And that's an understatement really uh, in the guardians rubbing it in after they won the division long off season, uh, to reflect for those that were involved in last year's mess. Could Pedro Grafol rally the troops and, and would bulletin board material work? Would it be necessary or would players find their own motivation, a self-motivation? Uh, would they take it personal and buy into the new culture, the new leadership and work to build chemistry while also believing in what kind of team they truly have? Because it is a really good team. Uh, they should win the AL Central. They should win it easily. They definitely have the best starting uh, staff. And boy, top to bottom in that lineup, if everybody stays healthy. Uh, but, you know, getting into that that mental side of it, uh, that was a good question. That I liked what, where Herb was going with that. And, that. and that's another thing. And right now, you know, as far as we can read, as far as we can tell, everybody, you know, is is not only healthy, uh, but I think they're in the right mindset. So interested to see how that shapes up over these next two weeks. Uh, Dylan Cease had an extremely rough outing last week against the Kansas City Royals. He was back on the mound Tuesday afternoon and probably liked his performance against Oakland a whole lot better. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Uh, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, so uh, White Sox in action against the Oakland Athletics uh, Tuesday afternoon. 
Uh, Dylan Cease, uh, there was an article uh, in The Athletic uh, on Dylan Cease. It's, it's a great read if you have the opportunity to do that by James Fegan. Uh, and he was commenting, you know, on that on that start against uh, against the Royals. It was rough. Uh, he didn't seem too worried, but he went into a little bit of detail uh, on, on what was happening and maybe what the focus is moving forward, because he, he was back on the mound against uh, the Oakland A's on Tuesday. So uh, this is what he said after giving up 11 runs to the Royals last week. Uh, I'm not saying it's what spring is for, but spring is for calibrating and kind of getting everything going. Uh, Fegan wrote, uh, but a complete hand wave of a night three weeks away from the start of the season uh, where last year's Cy Young finalist was clearly out of sync, wild and not fully built up is not fully satisfying uh, either. Uh, no, it's go time, said pitching coach Ethan Katz, whose words carry a lot of weight uh, with Dylan Cease. Once we're here, whether they start a little bit slower with how much intensity they're putting into it, we've still uh, got to execute. Uh, whether it's 80% of the bullpen or 90%, uh, we've got to be able to execute the things and be able to do the things we want to take into the game. Uh, Fegan wrote, uh, Cease remains healthy and confident that his velocity will continue to climb from the 95 miles per hour he topped out at last Wednesday against the Royals, but he did not enjoy what he experienced and is not interested in going through it again. Uh, that reaffirmed it. Uh, it's time to get going, Cease said. I'm going full intensity for the rest of spring with everything I'm doing pitching-wise. I would definitely say it's complete mode and no longer practice mode. After the Royals' debacle, according to Fegan, uh, White Sox manager Pedro Grifol noticed that Cease was victimized by aggressive swings early in the count, though we view that as a trend that extends beyond Cease. Uh, either they get themselves out early or they wait and I get two strikes and then put them in a bad spot and I get the strikeout, Cease said. I think the two strategies will be to wait me out and try to get me out by the fifth inning and hopefully I beat myself or try to get me early and jump on a heater. As long as my stuff's good and I'm getting in the zone, I think either one mostly plays to my benefit. Uh, I'll bet you too that the games where I'm not in the zone early, they probably change their plan a bit to all right. Let's wait this guy out. I thought that was a, a very important part of that. And I love that Grafol brought that to Cease's attention, as I'm sure Katz probably saw it. And Cease has got to realize it as well. Look, they don't want to get, they don't want to be on two strikes with me because I've got some nasty, nasty stuff. So more times than not, I think this year, especially after what all the success that Cease had last year, you know, the, the book is out on Dylan Cease. I think you're going to see players uh, attack him pretty early in games. You know, they're going to jump on a pitch. Uh, it might not be their favorite pitch, but they're going to jump on something early in and at bat because they don't want to go deep into account. They don't want to be dealing with two strikes with Dylan Cease. So that, I thought that was an interesting part uh, to that article. It's a great read. Uh, so Cease's line on Tuesday afternoon against the Oakland A's, he went three and a third innings, uh, only gave up three hits, two runs. Only one of them was earned. Uh, gave up a couple walks and had four strikeouts. Uh, gave up both runs in the first inning. 
I was listening to the game on the MLB app. It was the Oakland Athletics uh, uh, broadcasters. Cease, uh, he seemed kind of shaky in the first, uh, allowed a, a lot of action on the base paths by the Athletics, but obviously uh, did not let it snowball like in his previous outing. I, I think Cease uh, will be pleased. And again, he left the game healthy, which is such um, a big point here at this point in spring training. Uh, Sachs also used Shaw, Deekman, Kelly, Lopez, Ramsey, and Morin in the game. Uh, Sachs offense, Billy Hamilton with a walk-off bunt. Did I read that on social media right? Uh, Sachs scored five runs, nine hits, six extra base hits. They had five doubles and a home run uh, by Hanser Alberto. Uh, Sacks were two for nine with runners in scoring position. And Billy Hamilton had his third stolen base of the spring. He is going to be a tough guy to keep down. He really is. The speed, uh, you know, the different things that he can do, you know, it, laying a bunt down late in the game. If that's the way Pedro Grafol wants to play it, uh, and he can be a defensive replacement late in the game, uh, Billy Hamilton's your guy. We know what he can bring culture and chemistry-wise. Uh, keep your eyes on Billy Hamilton here these next few weeks. Uh, Victor Reyes and Eric Gonzalez each had two hits in the game. Grandel with a throwing error uh, early on. There were some roster cuts a few days ago, March 12th. This is what the White Sox uh, had to say. Uh, Sox sent nine out of MLB camp. Uh, Chicago trimmed its roster by nine with the following moves. Optioned catcher Carlos Perez, an infielder, Lenin Sosa to AAA Charlotte, optioned infielders Brian Ramos and Jose Rodriguez to AA Birmingham, reassigned outfielder Yolki Cespedes, right-hander Edgar Navarro, and left-handers Nate Fisher, Andrew Perez, and Sammy Peralta to minor league camp. Uh, the moves left the White Sox with 50 players in camp, 26 pitchers, four catchers, 12 infielders, and eight outfielders. Ramos, Rodriguez, Sosa, Cespedes, and Perez are, are ranked among the team's top 30 prospects for MLB uh, pipeline. Only injury update so far involves Garrett Crochet and his Tommy John recovery expected to return in mid-May. Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson had great performances against Team Canada on Monday night. How will the World Baseball Classic experiences shape the 2023 season? More on that in a moment. Uh, that was a fun game to watch if you did. Team USA uh, taking care of business against Team Canada Monday night. Beat them 12-1 to 1, uh, fairly easily. Uh, Aloy Jimenez and Yoan Mancada getting some successes as well with uh, their respective teams. Uh, Lynn was on the hill for Team USA. I liked what I saw. Uh, Lynn went five innings, uh, gave up two hits, one earned run that was a, a home run, and he had six strikeouts. Uh, so far in Cactus League play, Lance Lynn has had three starts, uh, 10 innings, 12 strikeouts in those 10 innings, and he's got a 4.5 ERA. Now, uh, last 12 starts of the 2022 season uh, were pretty good for Lance Lynn. He went 7-3, and three, had a 2.43 ERA, 74 innings, had 75 strikeouts in those 74 innings, and only walked nine batters. So some good stuff when you think about those sample sizes uh, late last uh, season, 
you know, this this experience with the World Baseball Classic and what you've seen from Lance Lynn so far in Cactus League play. I've liked it. I've liked it a lot. Uh, and how about Tim Anderson uh, in Monday night's game against Team Canada? He went two for three, had a triple RBI, two runs scored and a stolen base. There was a very big write-up in The Athletic recently on Tim Anderson. Uh, nothing but positive things to say about uh, what T.A. brings to Team USA, uh, not just with his bat and glove, but also his energy, positive vibes. Uh, Manager DeRosa, uh, the more uh, he had some great quotes. You know, he wants the bat flip. I'm sure you've seen that quote. He, he wants everything that T.A. brings. And, you know, Anderson went to second base. He played second base first time in his career on Monday. And uh, DeRosa had some options. He, he could have used somebody else at second base, but he wanted Anderson's bat, wanted his energy in the lineup. So the more national attention Tim Anderson gets, uh, the better for him uh, when it comes to contract talks. But of course, he's got to perform. However, if this success with Team USA continues and he enters this season healthy, uh, T.A. could be on a mission, uh, which is great for the White Sox, but might push Anderson out of Jerry's spending market. Uh, what will the White Sox do? You know, we've talked about it on this podcast. Merkin has, uh, you know, had articles about it on WhiteSox.com. Anderson would like an answer now. You know, I, I know that the team's got some options, but boy, I'd love to get a big contract extension done now. I want to be here. I want to end my career in a White Sox uniform. I want that security. But we know how the White Sox spend money. It's something to absolutely watch. But hey, for now, exciting to see what he's been doing with Team USA. And I just hope it continues uh, into uh, the season in Houston and beyond. Uh, in this 2023 uh, year. Great article. I love this one. Uh, again, if I'm not watching or listening to the White Sox, I am reading articles about this team. Uh, and there was another good one uh, in The Athletic about the coaching staff, Pedro Grafol and his staff, and what they do with downtime and how they manage it uh, during uh, you know s- during spring training. Now, Pedro Grafol is not a fan of pitchers standing in the outfield uh, shagging fly balls. Uh, this is something that is almost done at every single level. I played baseball all four years uh, in high school, even at high school level. That's maybe where that's where it starts. Pitchers are out there shagging fly balls because pitchers aren't hitting. You know, you're 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 not going to be in the lineup hitting. So you're out there shagging fly balls. It's just absolute downtime. There's nothing, nothing productive. Uh, is happening. And you know what? We've heard stories of pitchers hurting themselves trying to shag fly balls. So Grafol is not a fan. uh, And this is what he had to say. When in their game, do they stand on the field somewhere for an hour? Uh, Grafol said of requiring pitchers to shag. I don't like wasting time. Wasting time. Mistakes come in dead periods. I like moving. Uh, That's why I love the pitch clock. I love rotations out there. That's why nobody stands around. I like the pitchers coming in, doing their PFPs and coming out. I don't like pitchers shagging. I don't like wasting time. There has to be something else to do. As what Fegan wrote, uh, Grafol frequently references third base coach Eddie Rodriguez as the orchestrator of spring training, allowing him more hands-on moments in practice and more 
Time for one-on-one conversations with players. Rodriguez traveled to Camelback Ranch ahead of time to tour the facility and figure out how to tailor his program to the environment alongside Grafol, hitting coach Jose Castro and field coordinator Mike Tosar. Quality over quantity. I think that is just a simple quote. That was from Elvis Andrews when he summed up how things have been running at Camelback Ranch. Quality over quantity quantity. Uh, Rodriguez uh, stipulates that player feedback is essential since running players through drills they find unnecessary is counter to the plan, even if maintenance work is essential. I thought that was a simple paragraph, simple, real just sentence, uh, but it it has a lot of uh, weight to it. There's no sense in running players through unnecessary drills. And that is where that whole communication comes into play that we heard about Grafolt, you know, discuss early in the offseason. I'm going to talk to players. How how do they want things to be run? And I'm going to take that input, uh, you know, discuss it with our coaching staff when we design uh, these drills and how we're going to move players through you know, a day in, day out process at camp, you know, player directed, manager facilitated, you know, I, that, that's all I can think of uh, when I hear about, you know, these articles around how Pedro Grafol runs things, you know, he gets input uh, from players, you know, they have important things to say and, you know, Grafol leads those discussions and then he's going to facilitate, you know, these different stations and how he's going to run camp based on the input uh, from his players. I absolutely love it. Uh, Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, You find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTB. And hey, Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get your questions in for next week's mailbag, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Uh, Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the very best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. On the next episode, I'll continue to bring you the latest happenings from Glendale, Arizona, as our Chicago White Sox inch closer to opening day. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox!